I love the fact that I see uh, something down the trail and I'm like, am I going to make this? Is it going to be today? And then I, I get it. And I'm like, that's the best thing that's happened all week because there's something that you was challenging you or you were afraid of even. Or perhaps you'd fallen off there last week or last year and you had an injury and you're like, this is that same rock that I crashed. And then you overcome it and it's like, ah, oh, that's so good. I'm Donna Edda and you're listening to The Interested Podcast, the show that brings you ideas for wellness. The topic today brings a lot of joy to our family. My husband is an avid mountain biker and shares his passion with our girls. Every time they go out riding in the trees, they come back muddy and happy. Now through riding, we are fortunate to get to know my guest today, Nick Dover, a fellow rider and a good friend. In this episode, I chat with Nick on why mountain biking is not about the bike. Nick is the co-founder of Mountain Bike Hong Kong. They offer mountain bike training and guiding through the network of Hong Kong trails. He is heavily involved with mountain bike advocacy work here for well over a decade. And when he is not riding, you can find him out scouting or building the next biking trail. In this conversation, we talk about how mountain biking gives you a sense of detachment, how facing challenges on the trails leads you to self-discovery. Mountain biking can be exhilarating, nerve-wracking, and freeing all at the same time. We dived into what it takes to build the Hong Kong mountain biking community. Nick shares tips on how to get started with mountain biking and being in nature is natural. Now, Nick may be very modest throughout this interview, but anyone who is related to the mountain biking community in Hong Kong knows that without Nick, mountain biking wouldn't be half of what it has grown to be today. So without further ado, I bring you Nick Dover. He is truly a heart of gold. I've always been on a bicycle, but mountain biking started for me when I realized that there were mountain bike trails in Hong Kong. And that really sort of got this bug in me to go out and try mountain biking. You were a real athlete, right, when you were younger. So you were involved in different sports, I heard. Yes, yes. So growing up here, did every sport I could do. A lot of rugby, a lot of athletics, a lot of cross country. And then I got a few injuries as I got older. So I was actually didn't participate in any activity for about maybe five or six years. What kind of injuries? I had two knee injuries, um, not nothing serious, but it was very debilitating. And I had surgery on this knee and two surgeries on this knee. You can rehab and you can get back on your feet pretty quickly. But I don't know, I think my body was just saying you need a break. So I just took a break. Um, and then I thought, you know, time to get back into it. Let's go ride your bike, go in the hills and then... I saw one day in the South China Morning Post that they're doing a volunteer day and there's trails up in Taimosan. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. I went up there, just got, got stuck in. Did you know anyone that was riding at that time? Nobody. Seriously, there was nobody there I, I knew or had seen before, but that's fine. Growing up in Hong Kong, that's normal, I think. I just thought it was like, this is a new thing. I want to do it. I saw it as a positive. I was like, this is great. This is what I want to do. Tell us about why mountain biking is not about the bike. Uh, for a lot of people, I think mountain biking gives them, it sounds really crazy, but it gives this sense of detachment. As soon as you get on that bike, you can just forget everything else. You leave everything behind. When you're on, in the, the country park or you're on the mountain, you're, you're, you're in the forest and you're on this bike, it takes you to a different area in the world. Sometimes you don't even think you're in Hong Kong. You're like, where am I? You switch off for that moment. Um, and I think in a, in a crazy city like Hong Kong, that, that's what people need. They need to get out there. 
it also gives you a really huge buzz. Like, you know, if you go for a trail run or if you go um, jogging, at the end, you've got those sort of like, there's that chemicals, those endorphins in your brain, and you, they're just all firing. Well, with mountain biking, that's every second. <laughs> so for the whole ride, you're just buzzing. Um, and that's a great feeling. So it's one of the greatest buzzes you can get. You know, when you're riding down a trail and you're in a pack, there's always one person that leads, kind of like a real primal thing. The fastest or the strongest rider goes first. The way that the group naturally sort of gets its order, you know, it all falls into its its own natural order. Um, and mountain bikers know very quickly who's the best rider. <laughs> and when you are a regular mountain biker, you don't want to be caught behind somebody. So you kind of just migrate to the front of the pack. And if you find that somebody's faster than you, then you let him go past. It's very sort of polite like that, you know. You don't want to ruin somebody's ride. You don't want to be that guy that ruined you know, your friend's day. So it's, oh yeah, you want to go short, just go for it, go. Sometimes even the fastest guy, he might be having a casual day. He, he, he'll be saying, oh yeah, I'm just taking it easy today. Yeah, you go, you go for it. So it's a very easygoing type of environment. But the more riders you get in a group, the more faff there is. So it breaks down a lot quicker. Someone will always have a mechanical, someone will always have a flat tire or, or he'll fall off and that just brings the whole group to a standstill. So smaller and faster groups sometimes work, but it's nice to have those days where you say, okay, today's just about being out with my friends. Um, and everybody just has a laugh, takes it at their own pace. I like that natural order that you mentioned, coexisting in a pack even when there are issues and everyone mm. has to stop. Yeah. Let's talk about the risk and reward in mountain biking because I think the reason why the high is so high is because the chances of getting badly injured is also very high. Yeah. You know that when we take out riders, especially young kids, you want to make sure that they don't get injured. <laughs> the reward side of it has got to balance the risk. So I'm never going to take somebody on a ride that I think will crash or not be up to that ride. From a guiding point of view, you want to always make sure that you're, you're riding within your ability, but there's enough risk there to have that sort of feeling, you know? You see, oh, can I get down that? Will, will I be able to do it? And you, you write it down and you're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And you're constantly always pushing that boundary. Some people go way past it too quickly. But for me, I love the fact that I see uh, something down the trail and I'm like, am I going to make this? Is it going to be today? You know, and then I, I get it. And I'm like, that's the best thing that's happened all week, you know, because there's something that you was challenging you or you were afraid of even. Or perhaps you'd fallen off there last week or last year and you had an injury and you're like, this is that same rock that I crashed. And then you overcome it and it's like, ah, oh, that's so good. There's a lesson in that. Yeah, there's, there is a lesson in that. Um, a lot of people, you know, they say you just get back up again and you just carry on riding. But for some people, it takes time. You know, you, you can't just jump back on and forget you didn't go to hospital and, you know, you were stitched up or in an emergency room or something like that, you know. So everybody's got their horror stories, but um, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> no, we'll keep it yeah. G-rated. Yeah, yeah, so it's great when you, uh, when you push yourself and you overcome that challenge. Sometimes it's on a daily ride. You, you know it's coming. Everyone's got that feature or that trail that they're a little bit scared of. Am I going to clear it today? Am I going to jump over it? Is my wheel going to get caught again? So there's all those things going on in your mind. And it is a real attachment to the trail and, and your bike. You, you really have this sort of relationship when you're on your bike. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. From riding, <laughs> yeah. what have you learned about yourself? 
I'm not a huge risk taker. <laughs> yeah, I, I like a little bit of risk in small doses, like regularly, but I'll, I don't like a big risk, just a one big risk. So a lot of people say I'm quite a cautious rider, but I do still crash. <laughs> but I've also learned that, you know, I'm, I like to help people. I like to share. I like to make sure everybody's happy, um, maybe sometimes too much. Um, and it takes away from my experience. I think that's one thing I've, I've got to learn. If, uh, I've got to let go sometimes. One thing I keep telling myself sometimes is, um, you know, this is first world problems. This is just mountain biking. You know, there's so many other things out there. Just, just let it go. So true. I've got to be riding regularly and in the zone, you know, and, and be able to hop on the bike and know exactly how I'm feeling that day, how my bike's feeling. If I don't ride for a long time, I sort of get a bit rusty. So it takes me a long time to get back to that level. I think, I think that's true for a lot of, a lot of riders. If they don't ride regularly, they, you can't just expect to be back on it. How much of it is in their head? 90%. 90%, I'd say. Because because of my previous um, sports, there was a lot. I did a lot of uh, cross country and 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 athletics. I was a middle distance runner, so I like the aspect of pretending a ride is a race, but not racing anybody. I'm racing myself. So to be like at like eighty percent or ninety percent of my maximum ability for like 10 minutes i love that but i think that surprises a lot of people because they know that i'm not a racer but when they see me on a little mission on a ride one day and like what's up with nick what's he doing but that's one of the things i like to do yeah why do you think that is it's like a little puzzle for me stitching together a, a, a long section of trail with lots of different features i love that distance and i love trying to keep everything in check if i don't clear this i won't be able to do that i've got to keep the speed up got to keep the momentum and that to me is like that's my race I don't have to race other people. Can you talk about the pivotal moment when you decided to dedicate your time to the mountain biking community in Hong Kong? Very early on, I was getting to know the trails around Taimosan and Tainan Country Park, and it became very obvious that these were not the best trails to ride as a beginner or starting out. Um, although people were riding them and they were classified as mountain bike trails, I'd say only about maybe 5-10% of the population were riding it properly or the five percent of the community were riding it properly so i decided to do a little audit and suggest fixes and alterations to make it more rideable for the broader public so try and expand the amount of people that can ride it safely and, and have a good experience from it and then when i saw this actually happen and there was trails being fixed and what i said was being taken upon and acted upon it just blew my mind i was like okay this is what i want to do i'm going to do this more and i just found other things to do so I said, okay, we need a trail here and we need to link those stairs. We need to get rid of those stairs. And all of a sudden these things were happening and it was just mothballing. And I was like, okay, it's great. It's what I want to do. I want to do this. It was, it wow. was an amazing couple of years. Then it, the amount of updates and fixes that you can suggest sort of ran out. So then it was big stuff. We like, we want a new trail that's like three kilometers long from here to here. We want jumps. And they were like, okay, no, that's, that's way down on the list. We've got to clear all these things first. So they were working to some sort of order, which was fine. But I only realized very late, late on that we were only at the very first box, the very mm -hmm. top of the list, which is basically make it safe, make it more um, welcoming to beginners, you know, basically green level trails. What we wanted and what the vast majority of the community wanted was way down at the bottom of the list. So I was like, okay, I've got to get through all of this first. And the whole community is like, why? We don't want this. We don't need this. There's a lot of pushback from both sides, AFCD, government, and the, the riders. 
Um, and even like some good friends were like, we've heard this before, Nick, we're not going to get involved with this. this. This is just rubbish. And I'm like, well, maybe you know, we'll try a different way. You know, we've got to try our approach, change tack. And it did eventually pay off. I think there was, I wouldn't say a, a huge change in the approach by AFCD, but through a few replacements in staff, there was a lot of turnover in that division. Things started happening more quickly and, and people were happy. Like people on the ground were seeing it happen and like, okay, so yeah, so when are we getting our downhill trail? When are we going to get our jump trail? I was like, okay, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Just be patient. So, and now we're at that stage and people are loving it. What was the project that stands out in your mind that really made you realize, well, now we're making some changes? For me, it was the first reservoir trail, the Thailand Reservoir. When I first realized that if I just put in a little bit of effort and give them the information that they need, that they can then act upon it. That was the real watershed moment for me. And then I think it was the Contour Trail, Hopoi Contour Trail. It is the most technical trail on Taimosan to start, and it's quite dangerous. It's quite hazardous. I mean, if you saw it, you probably wouldn't let Guy ride it. <laughs> but yes, it, I choose to be ignorant. But the, the great thing about it is the actual trail that you ride is safe. It's just the exposure on the side. If you get it wrong, then you, you'll fall off, you know? So my mission was keep it as a great trail because it's a very iconic trail but safe enough that people can ride it. One of the issues was that if you got unbalanced and you put your foot down, there was nowhere to put your foot down. And if you put your foot down in space, you sort of like tip off into, into you know, oblivion. <laughs> so it was just to make it more acceptable and safer. I mean, the trail is still hard, but the process of walking the country park management team down there and saying, you just need to put an extra rock here, you need to smooth this out, fill this in, you know, just small little changes. That was great too, because then I was like, I had a name for every rock. I'd, I'd gotten such a relationship with this whole trail that yes, I, I enjoy riding it. I, I almost ride it blind. <laughs> Tell us about building mountain biking trails, because I know you're, you're very passionate about this. Yeah, I love it. A lot of people don't realize that there is a lot of process that goes into a mountain bike trail, like a, a good mountain bike trail. In Hong Kong, we have a lot of rain, um, a lot of water and quite high traffic. There's a lot of bikers in Hong Kong. So erosion and sustainability has got to be the first thing you look at. Um, and then trying to make it a fun trail because you don't want to ride a boring trail. You don't want to be climbing all day. Learning that through the volunteer days with AFCD and the Hong Kong Mountain Bike Association, I sort of picked up all of these skills of how you build a trail, make it sustainable. It was a fun couple of years. Really enjoyed it. I think... It has to be said and acknowledged that you put so much time and effort into the trails. You are the first one out there after the typhoons. You're out there for hours. Oh, it's not just me. I'm not trying to sound like the, the hero here, but there is a very small group of people that are, are like me, like-minded like me, that the first thing they think about is, oh my God, there are trees down on our trails. We won't be able to ride this week. So they just pick up their tools, go down to the trail, and they just start cutting. Um, I think during Mankut, the typhoon two, two years ago, Typhoon 10, um, you saw the destruction up there. But the biggest thing for people was, if we don't do this, we won't get our trails back. AFCD were doing their own tree cutting. They, they were clearing roads and all sorts for logistical reasons. They have to get access to their, their work sites. We were like, okay, let's just pull together. And then all of a sudden, this is, and it was the first time it happened, everybody was on the mountain and it was cleared in two weeks, which was a first. Really? Yeah, we'd never seen it. So to come from people not really volunteering a couple of years ago, maybe 10 years ago, to now the whole community realizing that, you know, you've got to look after what, 
what's being built. You know, if you want to ride these trails, you've got to take ownership of them. So I think that's also been the, the really nice thing to see. There is a really good community now and, and people know each other. People say hi. Mountain bikers are always friendly people. I mean, they're always happy on their bikes. Now this really good network of people that, that you can just call upon anytime. I really witnessed that sense of community that mm. day when I came out clearing the trail with you guys. You know, because we, we're the expat group and then we went past yeah. a group of local people and yeah. they were out there clearing the trail. And yeah. it was just so nice to see yeah. that integration yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and it just cuts through all of the BS, you know. You know exactly what you're there to do and everyone's like, yeah, that's what, how can I help? How do you see a riding lifestyle in the next five to ten years? Um, I would love to go traveling and ride different places in the world. I think that is the coolest thing. Like you go skiing around the world, mountain biking is the same. Any country you go to, they've got mountain bike trails. You know, in North America and the Pacific Northwest is probably like Nirvana for mountain biking. I'd love to just go lose myself up there, but don't know if I'll ever get the chance. <laughs> Why? Uh, it's it's a long way away. I mean, it's you can go there for a week or two. It's great for a holiday, but I mean, to actually just go lose yourself up there. I think the only way I could do it is if I got a job trail building up there or somewhere else in the world where I could do that. So I'd really like to try and combine trail building and mountain biking and traveling. I'd love to do that. If, if a job came up and I was offered it, I'd probably jump at it. And the best thing about the riding community is mm. when you go to a new city, mm -hmm. you just look up any rider and that's, they welcome you. That's the funny thing. Yeah, you can go anywhere. Never met the guy before and he's, he'll open his door, give you his bike. Very great community, mountain bikers. Going back a bit to the volunteering, mm -hmm. what is your drive to keep doing it? Because some days you don't get paid for half the stuff that you do. No. Why no. do you do it? Why do I do it? First of all, I love troubleshooting. I love getting dirty. I love building stuff. But also it's, it's a part of the community that hasn't got a lot of focus. So there's a need there for somebody to bring in new trails or at least work with the government to develop these trails. And I actually like doing it. I like sharing. It. I love the look on people's faces when uh, when they ride something for the first time. And like, and you you just immediately see their eyes. They're bigger. They're smiling. And you're like, that's all you need. As long as, as, long as you're bringing people to to new experiences and they're having fun, that's that's fine. It's, that's payment in itself. <laughs> Sounds corny, but it's true. It's true. You can't beat it. When you see it, it really makes you happy. First hand, I, I need to thank you. You take mm. my daughters out in oh, Lantau yeah. riding. Yeah. They, they just love it so much. Yeah. And honestly, without you and people like mm -hmm. you in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. we would not have this kind of experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that's another big thing for me. I, I'm into grassroots. I, I want to build it up from the bottom. Um, my focus isn't so much on the people that I ride with and what their expectations are. It's about the next generation. I want to leave something behind for other kids to, to grow up with. I wish I had trails at their age. I'm really jealous of them. <laughs> to be on a bike on a trail at that age is awesome. What do you hope to create with the community that has now grown into what it is? Um, I would really like it if it came to the point where I could say, you go run with it now, you know, mm -hmm. with different areas. So instead of having to deal hands-on with everything I'd like other people to step up and, and take on that role for this trail or, or this park and then this this group of people take on that park and all I have to do is just make sure that you know they get it or if they need help I can I can help them you know like again I don't, I don't want to sound like a hero but being through this process for like nine years now there really isn't another person that's willing to do it and some people think well it's okay Nick will do it 
Well, I'll, I'll send it to Nick. Tell Nick about that. He'll handle it. And I, I'm over that. <laughs> you handle it. <laughs> you want to travel the world and build trails. Yeah, I'd rather do, do my own thing now. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a mix of being burnt out as well. I mean, you go through cycles. Every, everybody does it. I think even riders go through certain points in their life where they're like, oh, I can't ride that. I've been riding the same trail for years. I need, I need a change of scenery. So I think that's where, where I'm at at the moment. Can you make a suggestion on how you can pass on the torch to someone? How to make people willing to take the torch? Well, the way I'll approach it is, is to tell them that it's not difficult. It's quite easy thing to do. Just requires a bit of time. Just a little bit of your time once a week, you know, once a month. The more you do at the beginning, the less you have to do at the end. So if you just put in a little bit of effort now, it'll pay off later and you won't have to put so much effort in. Tell us about your business, the Mountain Bike Hong Kong. Yeah, Mountain Bike Hong Kong. I joined that a couple of years ago with Steve Coward. He had Cross Country Hong Kong and we sort of... Sort of expanded it because there was a lot of interest from schools so we now teach schools and we were expanding the number of schools we were doing we we got up to i think five or six schools in in one season so it would be one week per school uh, and some of these kids couldn't even ride a bike let alone a mountain bike and throughout the week we're progressing their skills uh, and on the final day we'd get them on a mountain bike trail um, and that's the coolest thing the guiding aspect of it is is a real joy before COVID, we used to take a lot of international travelers. Some people were business travelers. Some people were just on holiday and they would just say, we want to go ride bikes. We've heard that there's mountain bike trails in Hong Kong. That's awesome because, again, you're giving people these new experiences. Since COVID, we're seeing a huge pickup from the local community because they can't go anywhere and they need activities. They need to get out of the, their house and they need to get out of the city. That's one side of it that's really cool as well because... These people perhaps have lived in Hong Kong their lives, their whole lives, and they've never ridden a bike and they've never been to a mountain bike trail. And that new experience is, excites me as well. So we're really growing this, this, this mountain bike community and you know, everybody wants to get involved. We see people at the bike park now has lived in Hong Kong all their lives, but they were maybe your neighbor and you didn't know that they rode a bike. There's so many people picking up the sport that maybe had left it because they didn't think there were sports like that in Hong Kong. So people coming back to sports, people taking up as beginners. It's fantastic. It's a really good spot at the moment. So do you also teach people technical stuff? Uh, yeah. So from a foundation level, like beginner, absolute beginner up to sort of an intermediate level, we don't focus on jumping. We don't focus on all the crazy tricks you can do, but just get the foundations right. So they can then take that to whatever level they want. We, we're giving them the beginner skills. So balancing on the bike, getting the body position right, using the brakes correctly because you know, brakes are a big thing in mountain biking. If you use them wrong or, or, or poorly, you're just going to crash. So that's a big technique we, we, uh, we teach. But also overcoming some of their fears too. Like Jill, your eldest, she's a natural, but you can see when she rides, she's very, don't, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash. So letting her sort of just relax and enjoy it that, you know, so over time, that confidence builds in her and then she'll start enjoying it. So little tips on that, you, you sort of get a read of people and what their, their fears are. One of my favorite things to do is to analyze why their technique is wrong. And it's usually because of an injury. So I have picked out a few injuries from people and one of them was this doctor. And I said, hmm, you're standing on your pedals a bit funny. You're always leaning to this side. You're, you're taking weight on, your, on one leg and not, not balancing the weight. And she said, yeah, yeah, I don't know why. And I said, have you twisted your ankle 
on your right foot? She goes, yeah, how did you know? I'm like, wow. well, that would be the only reason because you've, you, you're protecting it. So she goes, yeah, yeah, that was last year. I, I twisted, I had to go for surgery. I'm like, ah, okay, well, maybe do some strengthening exercises. Just focus on that. Goes, oh, yeah, I'd never thought about that. Thanks, Nick. And she was a doctor. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's just little things like that. It's, it's, you sort of get that relationship with people, and it's really fun, really great. I think it's really important to work with a coach or a guide because just by you pointing it out, mm-hmm. it can really speed up the progress. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. We don't want people to do what they're not capable of doing. We just want to put them in a safe environment so they learn quicker. Um, and, and picking out some quirkiness of, of their style is really important. You want to get nail it in the bud straight away. You know, that is a bad habit. Don't do that. And, and sometimes you have to figure out why. But yeah, I think time in the saddle is a big thing. I think your kids have been out maybe three or four times now, and they're completely different riders from the first day, and it's great to see. Yeah, it is. Just spending time out there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just time in the saddle. It's good. What are your goals for the mountain bike Hong Kong? I'd like to see a mountain bike trail in every country park and have people running it and have races around Hong Kong, have school leagues and have kids racing other kids from other schools. You know, that would be awesome. Uh, wow, that would be really cool. That, that's, that's, that's like way up there. But yeah, I think more uh, realistic goals is, you know, try and have the government accept mountain biking as a, a proper sport to recognize it as, you know, not just full of crazy people and grow it, grow this, grow the sport for the local community. I think well, you guys have, you've brought a trail into our backyard just across the road, yeah, yeah. which is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember flagging that one with, with HM, the, uh, the trail expert. I didn't think it would go through if I was honest. I was like, you'll never get this done. And it, it was done in, in, I think a couple of months time. It was very fast. So that's a scary thing now. We've got to rein in the government a little bit because when they say we're building a trail and you say, oh, okay, maybe I'll have a look at it. And before you have a chance to sort of give them some advice, they've finished it, which is great, but also a bit scary. What's the scary side of it? They'll just not pay attention to the needs of that trail or that environment. Um, If it's too rocky, it will be able to be rideable. Is it what the community wants? Does that area really need a trail? Um, what's the purpose of the trail? I think keeping the dialogue with the government is important. At the moment, they are very capable of just doing it by themselves, but I still think they need input and, and people need to step up and tell them what, what they want. The community still has to tell them. So I think yeah. that will be the next step for the HKMBA, hopefully, is to try and set up these little um, little cells of people that can handle certain regions. And then naturally, the community will, will benefit from that, I think. What advice would you give to a person that wants to start riding? Find a good bike. <laughs> a secondhand bike is fine. Just make sure it's the right size for you. It, everything works. You don't have to have the most expensive new bike. Make sure it fits you. Find somebody that you know has ridden the trail or that you know rides bikes and ask questions. Ask as many questions as you want. What closing thoughts would you like to share with the audience? We're not all crazy people. <laughs> um, it's a great sport. Getting out into nature is probably the most important thing we can do. Spend more time in the countryside. Mountain biking is one way to do that. It takes you to amazing places. You meet amazing people, you know, and it's, uh, it's great fun at the same time. And where can people find you, Nick? Um, so we have a website, mtbhk.com. Also, uh, Mountain Bike Hong Kong on Instagram. You can find us there. We we post up regular videos and rides from past customers, past clients. 
or you can check YouTube. Just type in Hong Kong mountain biking on YouTube and you'll be amazed at the content that we have. One of the great things we're doing at the moment is creating a lot of mountain bike content specific to Hong Kong. And it is really getting a lot of international notoriety. A lot of people are coming to Hong Kong now, traveling, just because they couldn't believe Hong Kong had mountain bike trails. And we have amazing trails. So And the videos are really high quality videos. Some of them are amazing, yeah. So you should check out um, Trans Hong Kong. That was done by Martin Mays and, and Hans Ray. Um, that is probably one of the coolest videos in recent years. Thank you so much, Nick, mm. for your time. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation with Nick Dover. I hope it has instilled a bit of curiosity for you to get on your bike and ride some of the Hong Kong trails. I would love to hear from you. Your feedback encourages me to continue to bring you inspiring conversations on wellness and it helps other people find the podcast too. Subscribe to Interested Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts and the show notes of this episode are on my website, interested.blog and if you enjoy this episode share it with a friend